Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 Welcome back to the latest edition of, of the Howl. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus, hiatus really. The NBA took an all-star break and so did I. Lots going on with nothing but net as far as uh, adding some new shows, and that's going to be announced soon. But here on The Howl, we are going to jump in for a little bit here on all the different storylines that have popped up recently, starting with the Ryan Saunders news. We're going to touch on that, obviously look at Chris Finch. That's going to be part of it. There's lots of trade rumors going on right now, whether it's Aaron Gordon, John Collins. We are going to dive into those as well as do some simulations via Tia 2 regarding what the future could hold for, for new, possible new-look Wolves when it looks at post-trade deadline roster. In addition, we are going to dive in to the NCAA tournament this week and take a look at some potential matchups, maybe do our infamous coin flip bracket. Stay tuned. This is The Howl. All right, so let's jump right in. Firstly, obviously not fresh news as we've had a number of games recently, but I did want to touch just a little bit on the Ryan Saunders firing. So when we take a look at Ryan Saunders, I am a huge Ryan Saunders fan, supporter. I will always support all of his endeavors, and I wish him nothing but success. For anyone that's not aware, for the longest time, I was a Ryan Saunders apologist. Maybe not an apologist, but I was a big fan and I really backed a lot of the decisions he made, or at least I tried to justify some of those decisions, if that makes sense. But at a certain point, you say to yourself, all right, we're just not seeing the results on the court. And I understand he kind of, at times, was given a bad hand, right? Whether it was Towns being out so much last season, Towns being out this season for a while, D'Angelo Russell being out. Uh, there's just so many little pieces to this that... Probably weren't ideal for Ryan Saunders. And top of, on top of that, the current roster, he didn't get much time with that. And if you look at what we had prior to last year's trade deadline, it was not a great roster, right? 
there are lots of times where you felt that it was justified to give Ryan Saunders an excuse. But at a certain point, you watch these games, and you would see the team would be really, really good for three quarters, and Ryan just didn't understand when to call timeouts, right? That's not a roster thing. That's a him thing. And I think a lot of it comes down to a lack of confidence. And that makes a huge difference in basketball. Have to have confidence as a coach. You're an NBA coach. You're coaching at the the you know the biggest spot in the world. There's no bigger place to be coaching basketball than the NBA, right? And so you got it takes a certain type of person to do that. Ryan Saunders just is not ready for that spotlight. Will he be down the road? I think so. I think he could be, but he just doesn't seem to have that temperament right now, which brings me to my next point is not only timeouts, but in-game adjustments. It always seemed like he was getting out coached. And then you'd get to the end of games and one thing that it seemed frustrating for me as a fan and for someone that covers the team I was always frustrated by end of game lineups so the players that he would choose to use were a good example of that was Ricky Rubio Ricky Rubio time and time again I would argue lost us basketball games now ever since we've seen a coaching change I feel like we've seen uh not I'm not gonna say a well maybe a better Ricky Rubio but part of it could be Chris Finch maybe putting him in better positions to succeed. If you're Chris Finch, you have to be willing to take the ball out of Rubio's hands, and he's done that. You have to be able to look at this roster and say, all right, we need more production out of our superstars. And the first thing that Chris Finch did, he said, we we want this the ball to go through Cat. Cat is going to be the guy. And what have we seen since Chris Finch took over? Carl Anthony Towns is getting assists he is looking like the player that I talked about for the longest time. I've had many arguments with whether it's uh, other Wolves fans, whether it's uh, Denver Nuggets fans. I stand by the fact that I think Carl Towns is just as good, if not better, a passer than Nikolai Jokic. It's all about opportunity and how the player is used. And now we're starting to see that from Carl Towns. He is getting those assist numbers up, and he has been very impressive. Now, one of the things that we have to touch on, of course, when you look at the switch from Ryan Saunders to Chris Finch, obviously one of the biggest things is you look at this team as it's assembled, or not even the team, I should say, the coaching staff. And a lot of people were upset that David Vanterpool was not given the opportunity. And I want to touch on that first and foremost. So first of all, I think this boils down to the fact that if you're Gerson Rosas, this, you're running out of time, right? You don't just get an unlimited amount of time as a GM to prove yourself. Now, me personally, I think he's done a really good job as a GM, maybe even a great job. The issues, of course, are there. No one's perfect. Jared Culver's on this team for a reason, right? We traded up and grabbed Jared Culver. That was a mistake. It was. In fact, I think if you would have stayed where you were at, you probably would have had a better draft because you wouldn't have had to give up anything to get a certain, you know, to get a certain player. You wouldn't have moved up, obviously. And so Jared Culver wouldn't have been. He would, someone else would have taken Jared Culver. And now you're in that lineup where you're taking maybe like Seku or maybe you maybe would have gone after like Tyler, Tyler Hero. It's just interesting to me, and it opens up more possibilities. And I think that had the trade not occurred, right, the roster, or at least things would have looked a little different. But regardless, you know, we move on from that point. But Gerson Rosas wanted his guy, and he went and he did – Exactly that. People want to pretend like we just just gave the job to Chris Finch, like there was n- no process. There was an absolutely, there was absolutely a process. And through that process, he chose Ryan Saunders. And I will tell you right now, I don't believe this 
you know, what the the local guys are saying. I don't believe any of this. Gerson Rosas, he chose Ryan Saunders. I think he was told he had to choose Ryan Saunders. And Gerson Rosas has done a great job. He's the good soldier, right? He has backed up and said, yes, this was my choice. I was not told I had to. This was my choice. I don't believe that. And I believe that the entire time his choice has been Chris Finch. And so I'm very pleased he finally has his guy. And how about that? Guess what's been really successful? <coughs> Excuse me. Especially since the All-Star break, this team has looked really, really good. I've been very impressed. At this point, the Wolves have won two out of three games, which is good to see. There's a lot to like. And so I'm very impressed with what we've been able to do post-Ryan Saunders and now with Chris Finch. And think about this. We're seeing success, and we're missing two of our best players right now. You have Malik Beasley, who was suspended. I'm not going to get into the suspension. I do think that I'm, I was very surprised at how lengthy it was. I do not condone or support anything that Malik Beasley did, and I absolutely think he should have been suspended. I just think that most people were pretty surprised it was 12 games. I still say, and this is one of those things, when I look at the Timberwolves and I look at the historical punishments, for whatever reason, the NBA loves to make an example out of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is so strange to me because Glenn Taylor has so many ties within the NBA. You know, He led the Board of Governors for a long time. He has done all the right things, and it just seems like time and time again, we get made an example of, whether it's the Joe Smith stuff. To me, it seems like, look at the history of the NBA. No other team has been penalized as much as the, the Wolves were penalized in that situation. So I just think at times, even though the crime is really bad, sometimes I don't think the punishment matches what other teams have had in terms of their punishments for similar things. And that's what kind of gets, to me, that's what's frustrating. As a, as a fan, as someone that covers the team, that's something that really frustrates me. Uh, before we move on, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl, and we are talking currently about the transition from Ryan Saunders to Chris Finch and what we've liked and what we've seen so far from the Chris Finch regime. Now, the one thing that's interesting, there's so many different areas on this team where we're seeing value and we're seeing increased play. Now, one thing I saw just today, actually, was from uh, one of my favorite guys, and that is Alan Horton, uh, the, the radio voice, of course, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he sent out, how about this, Carl Anthony Towns' defense at the rim since the coaching change, and they, they base it off of minimum five defended field goal attempts a game. The first 11 games that Carl played, 63.2% he was lying at the rim, which would have ranked him 32nd. Now, I don't know if that's centers. I don't know how they're I don't know how they're regarding that, but I would guess it's based on just this is the center position, I would guess. Since the coaching change, last eight games, he is number two. Number two at 49.2%. So this goes back to what we were just talking about, the David Venterpool versus Chris Finch. And I'm gonna say this. It's been reported now that Chris Finch has made changes to the defense. And then, of course, the people ask, all right, is that because Ryan Saunders was doing something goofy? It is not. David Venterpool was the one that actually implemented the system when Ryan Saunders was coach. So if you're wondering why David Venterpool wasn't hired, how about that? One of the main reasons that we brought him in was for his defense, and he was the guy leading the way with a very bad defense. Chris Finch takes over, and in no time at all, has been able to transform this team to a much, much better defensive team. And when your superstar Carl Towns is seeing such a vast improvement on the defensive end, 
and you're looking at how differently he's being used on the offensive end, that's 100% credit to Chris Finch. And to me, we look at that defense, that's that's a check mark in the negative column for David Vanterpool. I think that's a, a real concern. And we're seeing this wasn't just random, right? The Timberwolves, Gerson Rosas didn't just randomly choose Chris Finch. This was the guy he wanted from the get-go. And he is showing why he is the coach. And we're also seeing why David Vanterpool was not made the interim. That's kind of where we're at with this, I think. Now, moving on, uh, lots to touch on as far as the trade deadline coming up. Trade deadline, of course, is very, very soon. And the one thing we're starting to see heat up is Timberwolves rumors, which seems to be the, the constant every single season. And a lot of times it doesn't come hey, to fruition. Kevin Graves here with the howl. It does seem for to me Diamond Box, like where there's smoke and fire this time. Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the to time. Try to solidify that and sometimes I go position. late at night. Now, let me say I bring this. my I Diamond Box. Bandit. And now they're introducing I, I think three new so systems. Good the new defensively, L2, XL2, and he's not bad offensively, although there have been times where he's had a little bit of struggles in terms of hands. With wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. But overall... Loud I enough think Vando for any does so much just and in terms of bringing the energy. You could play this such a good defender. Low volume. There's so much to like about Vando, but room of in the right house. trade, the I have no issues powerful. moving. Powerful. I'll tell you what's not the right trade. On the Aaron Gordon. Today. I don't Check him out on Twitter. Now, Diamond one of the rumors that people Co. talked about, box and they said that maybe the Wolves and the Orlando Magic were actually close on a deal centered around Ricky Rubio and future draft pick compensation. If they're going to give basically give away Aaron Gordon... And that's what it's going to take to get him is to trade Ricky Rubio, who for, for the most part hasn't been great for us this season. I'm all in. I get that. But my understanding, at least before recently, was that the value or at least the asking price for Aaron Gordon was very high. I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving a, a, a huge you know, sum to the Orlando Magic for a player that I'm just not that high on. I'm not that high on Aaron Gordon. People want to talk about, oh, change of scenery, and maybe in the right system, he's going to be a much better player. Is he, though? We don't know that. And so I have not seen enough where I'm just in love with Aaron Gordon. Now, on the other side of the coin, we look at John Collins. I don't know that I'm going to say that I'm in love with John Collins, especially at the initial thought of him having to be a max player in terms of money. That's not for me. That's not where I'm at with this. Now, rumors have started to surface that maybe it's not going to cost as much as initially thought. You know, we're now we're talking maybe somewhere around that, you know, four years, $25 million a year. And I think that's doable, right? If you're talking, you know, $95, $96 million total, that's doable. And then you talk about the fact that whether it's John Collins or his camp, my understanding is that he wants to play alongside Carl Towns. And by the way, who wouldn't? John Collins, let's pretend, uh, let's not pretend, I should say, that he's this amazing defender by any means, but... He's a guy that offensively is going to be very good, and I do think he would be a great fit next to Towns. So I'm very pleased that we're going after him a lot more so than the Aaron Gordon stuff. Now, one thing I want to mention, we look at the power forwards right now, and we're having good success with defensive-focused power forwards, whether it's Vando, whether it's Jane McDaniels, a.k.a. Slendy, as I've seen as one of his nicknames, which I really like. Watching this team with those two players I'm not sitting here with a lot of qualms, right? I like what we have in those two guys. I'm not racing to get rid of them. And let's talk about this, by the way. So for anyone that doesn't, I, I'm not going to claim to know everything about this metric, but the B-Ball Index, so on Twitter, that it's at the underscore B-Ball underscore Index. And they say, 
Here are the current all-defensive team estimates based on our D-LeBron impact metric. And what they're doing here is they're showing you first team, second team, third team, fourth team, and then rookie team. So I'm very interested in this. And the reason why I say that is because of what it says about Vando. They say, all right, so all defensive team estimates based on our defensive LeBron metric and a minutes minimum to only look at players who have played at least an average amount of minutes this season. Here's how the NBA all-defensive teams would estimate to be filled out given the current data, along with a few extra ones and an all-rookie defensive team as well. How about this? All-defensive second team, Jared Vanderbilt. That's right. Jared Vanderbilt is listed on this list. That tells you the kind of impact he's having. Now you look at the rookie team, and I, I would assume this is because of the minutes, but we do not see our guy Slendy on that list. Uh, the list right now would be uh, Quickly, Halliburton, Bay, Tillman, and Isaiah Stewart. So uh, that's where interesting, and that's kind of where we're at. But I, I do think those two guys together can be a successful power forward duo for the Timberwolves, which is why I say this. I would much rather keep both of them and not make any moves than trade for Aaron Gordon. John Collins, though, if we can get John Collins, I do want to do it, but I do give pause just given how successful Vanda has been as a defender. That is fair, and that's why I'm not just looking to you know, give up the world to get some of these players. They're flawed players. Keep that in mind when you look at the guys that we're potentially trading for. I do think it's going to be pretty interesting. Now let's jump ahead into the simulations. We're going to go into NBA 2K and take a look at uh, some of the possibilities. So we will look at keeping things as is. We will also then take a look at if we made a trade for Aaron Gordon, as well as a trade for John Collins. And maybe we'll mix in some other trades as well, looking towards the future. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and this is The Howl. All right, so jumping in now to the simulations. Previously, when we do simulations, what we've done is we've kind of done a lot of stuff uh, live on the air. We're trying to make this one just a little more to the point and just get an idea of what does 2K think of our team with the addition of John Collins, for example, in this first simulation, and Cam Reddish. That was the trade rumor that initially popped. And so what we did was we did make the trades off air. We made the trades based on kind of what I had seen some uh, local Wolves fans or media guys uh, kind of throw, throw out there. I know... Some people think we're going to have to overpay, but I'll tell you right now, when you look at what is out there as far as, like, what's a team in the NBA that's, that's willing to overpay John Collins? Because that's what you have to do, right? Not only are you going to have to trade for him, but you're going to have to overpay him in terms of his next contract, right? He wants a lot of money, and he's not worth a max contract. We, we discussed this. Is he going to be worth, you know, 95 or $100 million, right, total? Yeah, that's probably what you're looking at. So, anyways, regardless, uh, what we ended up giving up would have been, uh, you know, kind of a combination of Wancho, a future pick, Josh Okoge, and Jarrett Culver. That's kind of the uh, the basis behind it. Uh, there was a little more uh, nuance to it. But the actual funny thing is we actually ended up having to force it through. Now, granted, you could say, well, why do you think you had to force it through? Because you didn't offer enough. Well, that's just it. There's not going to be a lot of suitors for the Hawks. There's not going to be a lot of suitors for John Collins. And so, uh, to me, this is kind of where we sit, and the Wolves are probably, maybe not in the driver's seat, but they're definitely one of the uh, the leaders in the clubhouse, so to speak. 
So taking a look at the first season, we just ended up uh, this past season, we did the trades prior to just to kind of take a look and get a baseline. So the Wolves finished actually 49-33, and and we did actually end up trading. It was in a separate trade, but we did trade Ricky Rubio as well because going forward, you're not going to be able to re-sign John Collins if you can't re-sign or if you can't move on from the money that Ricky Rubio made. So here we go. First season ended 49-33 and with 66% chemistry. And then you have, uh, let's take a look at some of the superlatives to end the season and see what kind of, uh, who finished where. So Luka Doncic, he ends up being your MVP. You have Lamella Ball as your Rookie of the Year. He finished with 19 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, uh, 1.3 steals, uh, shot 38-ish percent from 3. 87% 87% from the free throw line. I mean, the guy the guy played solid. Good numbers. Uh, Precious Achua, despite being a rookie, was actually sixth man of the year for the Miami Heat. I'm a big Precious Achua fan. I actually really was hoping the Wolves might try to take a run at him. So uh, I, I definitely am not shocked that he played well. Uh, something else that's not shocking is Giannis getting your defensive player of the year. And Christian Wood is your most improved. So, uh, a lot of these things make a lot of sense. And then Tyron Lue is your coach of the year. All right, let's take a look. The Wolves end up, actually before that, we do have the All-NBA teams. We'll see if anyone from the Wolves ended up making this list. Not first team, not second team. Third team, Carl Towns does make it, which is cool to see. We'll take that. And then for all defensive, and no one makes that list. That's not too surprising. And then you have the all-rookie first team. Anthony Edwards does make all-rookie first team, which is good to see. So the first team all-rookies are LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Precious Achua, Isaiah Stewart, and Anthony Edwards. And then for all-rookie second team, you have Max Diakongwu, Quickly, Toppin, and Bay. And I'll tell you this, virtual Chris Finch uh, did not play Jaden McDaniels, which is why you don't see him on this list. And part of the reason he did not play him is that 2K made him crappy. I don't know who anyone... I don't know who pays attention, you know, closely to whether it's ratings, things like that for 2K. But if you go into the ratings for Jaden McDaniels, he's bad. It's interesting, too, because they made him decent inside. They made him decent from the perimeter on offense. On defense, he is terrible, which makes absolutely no sense. And it's very frustrating. And so, of course, Chris Finch said what anyone would. We can't play you because you're just not that good. Even though in real life, he's quite good, and he's a massive difference maker for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that's one thing I hope that we do see 2K end up changing. We finish with, wow, the three seed. So at 49 and 33, we end up with the three seed. Wow, impressive. The other thing, too, I noticed, and this is a Chris Finch thing. We did not actually do anything with the rosters ourselves. We might do that now that we're in the playoffs, though, just to kind of get a feel for how we want to do things. Let's take a look here. So Russell, Edwards, and Towns are all on fire right now, which is good to see. And Cam Reddish actually is on fire as well. The one decision that Chris Finch has made is that Jordan McLaughlin does not play. He is using uh, Jalen Noel in spot minutes as that kind of backup guy. But we're only going, uh, so we're going nine players deep. Edward, Ed Davis, Jordan McLaughlin, Reggie Bullock, and Tony Snell, who were part of trades that we had made. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, none of them play. So, interesting, and that's the decision that, of course, uh, 
Chris Finch, virtual Chris Finch, ended up making. John Collins, by the way, it's interesting. He has he's angry, so he is part of the reason why the chemistry's not good. Even though he wants to be on the Wolves in real life, two K has made it seem like he doesn't, and so he is very upset and angry. And as a result. He says that under no circumstances will he resign. Well, guess what, John? You're a restricted free agent, so you will be resigning. It's not up to you, and so that's kind of where we're at with that. We're going to stick with virtual Chris Finch's decisions as far as minutes are concerned, and we'll take a look here. We are taking on the six-seed Phoenix Suns. Let's take a look. What happens? A 1-0 we are up. 2-0 we are up. 2-1 as Phoenix starts coming back. 2-2. 3-2, we are up, and boom, we are moving on four games to two. And the nice thing about that, by the way, is we are we were scheduled to take on either the Lakers, who are the two-seed, or the Jazz, seven-seed, and the Jazz, seven-seed, end up winning in round one, four games to two. So we are the three-seed taking on the seven-seed Utah Jazz. The other thing I'll mention, too, is this is no injuries. We did turn injuries off. So if that uh, kind of puts you into some sort of a perspective at least. And here we go, simulating the round. Jazz 1-0, Jazz 2-0, and we are going to get, wow, we almost got swept. So I don't know what happened to the Jazz come playoff time, but for a seven seed, they were amazing. And considering there's no injuries, I don't understand what changed to make them so good because their their team didn't change. Very interesting. Uh, so, but still, made it past the first round. If you're a Wolves fan, you'll take that. And now the Jazz, by the way, look like they're blowing out the Clippers. All right, so the seven seed Utah Jazz now blowing out the Clippers, and uh, they are in the championship. So the Utah Jazz, for the record, are one of the best teams in all of basketball right now. So I'm not knocking them in real life. It's just somehow they were the seven seed, right, with the team as assembled. What and and given there's no injuries and that the trade deadline was months ago, nothing could have changed to make them a better team now. So I I, I just don't I don't get it. Uh, but they flipped a switch somehow, right? You're getting uh, some really good playoffs, and here they are. They're taking on the Toronto Raptors in the championship. Let's see what happens here. And Jazz up one one or one zero, and two uh, two now. 3-2 Jazz and 4-2. The NBA champions are the Utah Jazz with Rudy Gobert as your finals MVP. That seems super unlikely, but it is what it is, and that's what 2K felt was going to happen. Hey, I'm a Wolves fan, right? I'm going to take it. We were a three seed, and we made it into the second round, and we lost to the eventual champions. If that's not the best way to go down, I don't know what is. I think that's very solid. I'm very pleased with that. Uh, it's to me, it's tough to really get that upset with something like that, right? Because that ends up working out. Uh, if you're a Wolves fan, you'd be very pleased with that outcome. I think. Uh, taking a look at the league meetings, we're going to jump into the offseason. We'll do a little bit of stuff here, uh, possibly on the air, but for the most part, we're really just going to, uh, you know, kind of crash through everything. We've already re-signed all of the staff, so we don't have to worry about that. And then uh, let's take a look here at, is there anyone that we need to make adjustments to? The one thing that's interesting to me when it comes to 2K, and it can be a little frustrating at times, is that, so for example, the Wolves staff is bad. The Wolves staff in 2K is listed as being like 
legitimately like bad, right? So what I did was I made some changes. David Vanterpool is decent at defense, right? He's a BB plus in terms of defense. Offense is not really great. His potential, I had it at a B plus. They dropped him already in potential. Uh, Chris Finch, though, I made him pretty good with potential. And then I did give us uh, really top-end scouts and training staff because we actually do have that, right? If you look at how we've scouted the draft in recent years, we've done an amazing job. And so in addition to that, I've given a boost to our uh, the assistant GM. In the game, it's Austin Green, but we all know that in real life that would be uh, Gerson Rosas would be the GM, obviously. I, I don't know offhand if we do have an assistant GM at the moment, but the way 2K works, right, when you think about it, you're, as the as the player of the game, you would be the actual, like, GM because you're making the decisions. That's kind of the way you have to look at it, is is that whoever... So when you're bringing... Whoever this is, they list as the assistant GM would really be, like, the GM because that's the only one you have. So... And that they do a lot of the automated decision-making that you're not in charge of. So I think it's important that that be accurate. And I would say, in my estimation, Gerson Rosas is a very good GM. Uh, so far, has been one of the better ones in the league, just in terms of being on like trades, drafting. There's a lot to like about what he does. We were able to trade, by the way, for a second-round pick. We don't have a first-round pick, of course, because we would have lost that to the Warriors. So that's kind of where you're sitting with that. And uh, we've already passed the draft lottery, although I, didn't, although I didn't take a look to see where the Warriors ended up finishing. Uh, so that could be interesting here. Let's see. So first pick in the draft is the Pacers. Second pick is the... Wow. And so, wait a minute. Who actually ended up going here? I'm very... This is interesting. So the first pick in the draft was the Pacers, and they took Jalen Green over Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham's going second. Let's just, uh, we can end up jumping ahead here. And you have the Warriors. Let's see here. So the Warriors got our pick, and it was the 23rd pick. So uh, if you're a Wolves fan, I think you're, you're, you're pretty happy with the fact that, you know what, we traded the 23rd pick, and it ended up working out massively in our favor. And then we traded for what ended up being the uh, 39th pick in the draft. That's not too bad. And uh, we should have some pretty good options, just in terms of guys that, I like. Now, what we ended up doing, we use OES Entertainment for our draft classes. We have in the past done our own draft class. We did one for this past year. Um, it's a lot of work. I'll tell you that right now. And so now we have switched over and we are for this one, for example, we are doing the draft class through OES Entertainment. Let's take a look here at uh, who they have listed as the best available player. And that would be uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, out of Villanova is going to be the, the uh, top available guy. Power forward, right? So, you know, you could go with that if you wanted to. But at the same time, we already have our power forward of the future because we're going to obviously re-sign John Collins. Looking at some of the other players, you can go with uh, Romeo Weems is one interesting name. The draft class doesn't have a lot of the names I would look at uh, specifically in the second round. For example, guys that would maybe jump off the page a little bit for me, Maybe a Marcus Carr, maybe a Luca Garza. Yes, I'm for whatever reason naming just Big Ten players and upperclassmen. Uh, Io Dosunmo is likely going to be gone much earlier than this, but uh, depending on where he ends up going, maybe the Wolves look to trade up. I would love to get Io Dosunmo on this team. So looks like the best. I mean, the best player available again that we talked about is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. How about we take a look at what Draft Express? 
uh, has as the best available player. So overall, the best available player, according to uh, them, would be uh, the Joel Iyagi, uh who's a solid player, solid player out of Gonzaga. Um, he's only a C-plus overall, and he's 20. So that would be one of the, the issues there. But, you know, point guard, shooting guard, would you grab him and then... Maybe it gives you a little flexibility in terms of if you're not able to re-sign Jordan McLaughlin. You know, that could make some sense. And uh, I don't mind that option. I think that's what we'll do. We will grab him here in the uh, second round. And that's that's the only pick we had because, you know, we didn't have any picks going into this. We ended up having to make a trade just to do that. So we will sign uh, Joliai. And then uh, let's take a look at free agency quick. So Nas Reed and Jalen Noel, we are definitely going to pick up their two-year team options. They've been so good this season. And they both play. Like, think about this. Even virtual Chris Finch wanted to play him. They're playing well. Qualifying offers, we obviously give one to John Collins, Jared Vanderbilt, and uh, Jordan McLaughlin. Jared Vanderbilt's interesting. He could be one of those guys that ends up getting traded in a on Collins trade. But I've been up and down this season on Jared Vanderbilt. Man, but I am back in on I am back on that Jared Vanderbilt train. I think he's really looked good lately. Love the energy, first of all. But on top of that, not only is it just the energy that you're getting from him, but there's so much to like just in terms of his smart play on the defensive end. And for the most part, he plays within himself on offense. A lot to like. A lot to like. Let's take a look at uh, some of the two-way prospects that would potentially be available from this draft class. Looks like the best available two-way guy would be Elton Barnes. So we are going to grab him and put him into a min deal as a two-way prospect. And then uh, the next best player uh, would be, let's see here, Rudy Hickman is a center, but, you know, so is Elton Barnes. Let's go with uh, Colin Webb could make some sense, just 19 years of age. I like the guys that are a little younger and maybe you can they can build into something uh, as a player on a two-way prospect or on a two-way deal. They did both agree. And now we're going down. We're going to renounce the rights to Ed Davis, Tony Snell, Reggie Bullock, um, and then get rid of the trade exemptions from Solomon Hill and Ricky Rubio that were uh, you know parts of uh, deals earlier. Uh, as of right now, by the way, John Collins is the best available player in the league. So of all the free agents, he's at top of the list at an 85 overall, 23 years of age. We're not going to offer him a deal, though, because the problem you run into in this game is that if you try to re-sign your own players during the moratorium, a lot of times the game screws up even if they do agree to the deal. So that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, here we go. We have been, uh, it's the Mavericks that are trying to steal him away. We're going to be given the opportunity to match the contract they have given. Four years, 120. There you go. That is not bad at all. Obviously, in real life, I don't think it's going to cost that much to get him. I, I'm not anticipating it being $30 million, but that's what it is in this game, and that's what we're going to have to make it work is we're going to re-sign him. And that kind of gives you a ballpark, right? That's what 2K says is going to be the going rate for him. So we'll end up, uh, we'll see what happens there. We are going to move in through the moratorium into regular free agency now and see if we can re-sign any of the other players. We're only at 10 guys right now, so that's definitely not ideal. If we go to uh, players that we have, so we have no one's bird rights, which is part of the problem because we are already over the cap. So what you would need is you would hope that Jared Vanderbilt, in this specific instance, you would hope that both Jared Vanderbilt and Jordan McLaughlin are going to be 
accepting the qualifying offer. I don't see that happening in either case. But in this simulation, that's what we're hoping for, right? We're hoping that that ends up being the case. I do believe we can end up re-signing most of these players, and I, I actually believe, at least in the case of Jared Vanderbilt, I'm pretty sure we do have his bird rights. Uh, I'd have to research that. So uh, we'll go through this and see what all we have to do. It looks like we're going to end up having to uh, sign some men players, though, and that's that's a problem, right? If you look at the Timberwolves, the way that they're uh, positioned, they're going to have a lot of money invested in a uh, small number of guys, right? When you talk Towns, Russell, uh, Beasley making a decent amount of money, then you add in John Collins, you got a lot, a lot of money uh, going to those specific players. What you know, that's going to be make it a little tougher to build up the roster. It kind of makes you wonder. Jordan McLaughlin and Jared Vanderbilt both do take the qualifying offers. That helps us a little bit. So let's take a look at how many players we now have on the roster. So we've got four, or three point guards, a fourth if you count the two way guy. So let's see, three point guards. We got two shooting guards. We're up to five guys. Eight after small forwards and 10 after power forwards, and 12 uh, with centers. So we do probably want to add a little more uh, in terms of uh, maybe some, I don't know, some guys that would be value contracts. That's probably what we'd look to add, and we'll come back at you in the next season. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is, your, this is the howl on Nothing But Net, and we are your source for Timberwolves Radio. All right, so let's jump back into the simulation. Let's take a look at our roster. We have D'Angelo Russell, Jordan McLaughlin, uh, Joel Yayi, and our two-way prospect Colin Webb. Shooting guards Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel. Because uh, why would he need anything else? They shoot as good as anybody. They're, they're great shooters, right? That's what you're working with with this current roster, which I appreciate. Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels is actually uh, listed as a small forward, power forward, and then Cam Reddish. And here's the crazy thing. So Edwards is an 83, McDaniels an 81, and Cam Reddish is an 80. So you've got really solid uh, guys available there. Then you look at John Collins, Vanderbilt, and Andre Iguodala. We just picked up a, a veteran guy that could defend at the power forward position. And then centers, Carl Towns, Nas Reed. And we grabbed a, a young prospect, 19 years of age, European guy. Um, that's where he'd been playing, apparently. Ariel Huckporty, and he is 19, with a, and he's a 73 overall. I really like what we see with this guy. A minus for defense. Good size. And then our two-way prospect, Elton Barnes, is the other guy that we have at that position. All right, so now we jump into this actual simulation. We already actually simulated. So we already went over the roster, but we've actually already simulated the season. 58-24 and 24 was the record. Very cool there. We did end up turning off team chemistry because the game overvalues that. I actually think most people undervalue team chemistry in the real world, but the game... I don't think it, it handles that very well when it comes to certain players. So we're, we kind of skipped over that. We're looking at the superlatives. Joel Embiid is your MVP. Cade Cunningham, no surprise, is your Rookie of the Year. By the way, averaging 26 points, 7 boards, 6 assists, 1.5 steals. Very, very solid numbers. Jalen Suggs is your 6th man, which is cool to see. Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year. And Trey Young is your most improved Chris Finch, that's right, our Chris Finch is your NBA Coach of the Year with that 58-24 and 24 record. It has us listed as a 92 overall with an 86 defense, 99 offense. I think we'll all take it as Wolves fans. Let's take a look at the all-NBA teams. Uh, no one on the first team, no one on second team, and no one on third team. And this tells you, by the way, that NBA 2K really overvalues certain young players because James Wiseman is third team NBA. Come on, Really? As a center, I mean, 
let's I don't know what I don't know exactly what Carl Towns did statistically, but I I'll tell you right now there's no chance anytime soon that James Wiseman is going to be doing that. I just don't see it. Of course, we are the number one overall seed, and we're going to simulate round number one. We're taking on the Utah Jazz, obviously the team that really uh, torched people last season in this simulation as they won the championship. But now we are the ones doing the torching. We are 4-0. and oh. We take a sweep into the second round where we are taking on the five-seed New Orleans Pelicans. We take on the Pelicans. We are 2-1. We are down. 3-1. We are down. 3-2. 3-3. And we have been eliminated. Very interesting and uh, very unfortunate that we somehow lose to the Pelicans, who then actually go on to the championship as they beat Phoenix, and they are going to lose in the championship. So I don't know what it is about teams that we face in the playoffs being hotter than ever, and 2K all of a sudden changing the, like, the way teams are playing. Because obviously, this is two years in a row where a team that was just okay became unstoppable in the playoffs. I, I just don't understand how that works. Uh, it's very odd to me, so something to watch for. And uh, we're going to – I think we got to do one more. We'll do one more simulation, and we'll come back at the end of that season, and uh, we will see how the team did and see how they do in the playoffs. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is The Howl, your source for Timberwolves Radio. All right, so we finished 53-29. and 29. Should have actually finished higher than that. We couldn't win a game to save our lives the last like month of the season. It was awful. Uh, superlatives, MVP, LaMelo Ball, Lawrence Holland is Rookie of the Year. It was a 2K-created uh, draft class. Yeah, it was interesting. For whatever reason, 2K wouldn't let me download other draft classes off of uh, the user platform, but I was able to for the next season. Very weird. But we're probably going to end it after this season, and then uh, next episode we'll go through the Aaron Gordon as well as uh, some other simulations. So Lawrence Holland, again, is your Rookie of the Year. Jalen Suggs is sixth man again, uh, so very impressive for him. Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year, no shock there. Most improved player is Isaiah Jackson. And uh, James Borrego is your Coach of the Year. Again, 53-29 and 29 was our record. 59-23 and 23 was theirs. We easily could have finished that way, but for whatever reason, at the end of the season, we just could not win a basketball game. Very weird. Let's take a look at the All-NBA teams, and uh, no Wolves yet again. One thing I'll notice, oh, that's not true. I apologize. D'Angelo Russell actually made All-NBA third team. Let's take a look at the All-Defensive teams. Um, no one on that list. Uh, the good news is we also don't see any former Wolves, such as like a Josh Okogie or something. And then All-Rookie, we didn't really have any rookies that we would have played uh, much, if at all, and so it's not surprising we have no one on that list. We are the number one seed in the West, taking on the eighth seed, Phoenix Suns. Let's take a look and see how we do here. 1-0, we are up 2-0. We are moving along. Ooh, 2-1. Phoenix is winning some games, but it's 3-1 and 4-1 as we move on, taking on now in round two, the Dallas Mavericks. Now, the first two seasons, what happened? We played the hottest team in the league. Every single year that's happened. Let's hope that's not the case this time. 1-0, uh, we're down. 1-1. 2-1, we're up. It is 2-2 Dallas, 3-2 Dallas, 3-3, and wow, we move on. Seven games, we take out the Dallas Mavericks. This is the farthest we've gone. We are now the uh, going to the Western Conference Finals. Here's the interesting part, though. We are taking on the seven seed, so it looks like, yet again, we have a random team in the West that is just playing unbelievable basketball, but only in the playoffs. Just don't get that. 
Yeah, let's see what happens. 1-0, we're down. 1-1, tied it up. 2-1, 3-1, 3-2, and we have been eliminated. So that is three straight years that, for whatever reason, 2K has some sort of like a glitch. I've never seen this before. We're just a random, low-ranked team that just did almost – that just was one of the worst playoff teams throughout the regular season somehow becomes unstoppable in the playoffs. I've never had that happen before. Uh, just very strange to me. And it looks like they are uh, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, and they do win. So there you go. The West wins it again. A random team just, uh, for whatever reason, catches fire in the playoffs. And again, the reason why I say it's random is because there are no injuries. So it's not like these teams were missing players that they just got back. De'Aaron Fox is your finals MVP. Got to say, normally uh, 2K is pretty good about this, but I, I'm not I'm not understanding... Uh, the way this has worked out. But ultimately, I think we can agree that this has been a pretty good success if we made this trade. And ultimately, I think that one of the things that hurts us a little bit in these simulations is that for whatever reason, both D'Angelo Russell and Carl Towns, currently, the way that 2K has made them, they never get very good. Now, I say that just in terms of they're both, even though we sent them to training camps and even though we gave them untapped potential, they have not surpassed 89 overall. That's crazy to me. Normally, when you play 2K on the older versions, or even in like when I used to play this this version of the game, I would see them get into the 90s easily, right? Because think about it, Carl Towns, if you made him have even more potential, he's going to be in the 90s, right? 92, 93, maybe higher. I feel like I've gotten him up to a 96 before, just based on success. And for him to not even get to a 90 is absolutely ridiculous to me. So ultimately, I do think that this would be a success, and I'll say this, just based on what I'm hearing behind the scenes, I do think that eventually, in some capacity, we're going to see a trade where the Wolves get John Collins. So to me, it's a matter of when, not if. Time will tell, though, of course, and uh, we'll see on that. Uh, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But A Channel, and we are The Howl. And we're going to end this episode. Just want to take a quick look at the uh, most recent game for the Wolves. That was the game against the... Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, we look at that game, uh, one thing to keep in mind is that Anthony Davis did not play in that game. I get that that's a big loss, but missing Anthony Davis is not as big of a loss to a team with the Lakers when you have LeBron, of course, and all those other quality players. When you look at the Wolves, and we're missing both Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, we're to me, it's a bigger miss for us to be missing those two players than it is for the Lakers with LeBron to be missing Anthony Davis. I mean, that's just that's a high-level basketball team. And watching this game, I will say I was very impressed with the Wolves for, most, for the most part. I felt like in the fourth quarter, we really struggled a bit. And it wasn't the kind of struggle where we talked about when Ryan Saunders was the coach and you felt like maybe we could have won the game, but there was some sort of a timeout he didn't call or an adjustment he didn't make. I thought Chris Finch did a pretty good job of coaching this game. The biggest issue was we were not able to stop the pick and roll with LeBron and Montrez Harrell. It was unstoppable. There was one stretch where, like, I think they had five straight possessions where they literally just kept running the same play, and nobody could stop it. And here's the deal with that. We're supposed to, again, have David Venterpool supposed to be this, like, great defensive guy, right? I'm not seeing it. And Chris Finch talked about how there was multiple, multiple changes that they tried making on the defensive end. And they were not able to make it make a change that actually had an impact to stop that play, and that was our that was ultimately our undoing. But that's good. If you look at it this way, it's a learning opportunity, right? You would hope that when they go to practice them, 
they look at that play, they break down film, they say, all right, this is what we need to do to fix this in the future. And they can point this out to whether it's Carl Towns, whether it's other players that are in the game. We can see that. Uh, one thing I want to address, too, is uh, we've seen, to me, improved play from Wancho. Wancho is the guy that everyone wants to hate. Everyone seems to love to hate Wancho. For me personally, I've always been a Wancho fan. Even in the draft, I actually would have loved if the Wolves got him. Very, He was a very, very good young player out of Spain. He's been solid. And I think there's some teams out there that would definitely take him on as a solid contributor role player. Doesn't make an overly crazy amount of money. I think he's a solid role player. I just don't think he's the best fit for our team. And when we watched that game against the Lakers, I thought he was good. But he definitely has areas to improve in. It's weird. He had a stretch where I felt like his shooting had started to improve prior to his COVID scare. He was shooting around 43% for like a stretch of five or six games. I feel like he just hasn't fully gotten that back. But you're definitely seeing improved play. Uh, You know, he puts out good effort on defense. He's just not a great defender. But he can make shots. And he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Just in general, I feel like he plays within himself fairly well. But in this Laker game, I would have liked to have seen more Jaden McDaniels. That's kind of where I looked with that. But keep in mind, we're trying to showcase Wancho for a trade. So he's got to get playing time. And we're not necessarily trying to win a million games, right? We want to be a better team. When the season ends, we want to feel like we're going in the right direction. Not necessarily that, oh, we made a playoff push. Would I love to make a playoff push, even though it's really unrealistic? Of course, I would love that. But it's, you know, ultimately, it's about development. It's about getting to this trade deadline, finding a way to improve this team by getting John Collins, not Aaron Gordon in my estimation, although next episode we will touch on that a little bit. So we'll see what happens. Uh, The next game we have is tonight. Uh, We're going to have a game against the Phoenix Suns. Should be a good matchup. I think we have a chance of winning this game. In fact, I'm going to be ball positive. I'm going to say we're going to win this game in a close one. We'll win by like five or six. And I think we're going to have a monster game again. I think Anthony Edwards surpasses 30 points. And I think, let's add some, let's say Carl Towns is going to get at least three blocks. That's where we're going to leave it with that. Again, you've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. We are the Howl. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next week, let me get a howl.